Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now, you're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Chris is coming in Friday, so we can do the Mike and the Mad Dog. That's a win. That's a loss. That's a win. (laughs) The whole win-loss bullshit. That's got to stop. Nicely produced. (laughs) What was that at the end there? Mad Dog's voice. That was Mad Dog. That was him. Mad Dog. Oh, my gosh. That is amazing. Wow. Well, we're going to you're good enough friends with him where he won't charge us for using his voice or something like that. You're okay there. Hey, we some we somehow skirted Walt Disney after the Gaston thing from a couple of weeks ago. I think we're feeling cheeky now. Oh, yeah. I think okay, we're, right. we're going to fly as close to the sun as we can on wings of copyrighted pastrami. Yeah. So it's a Friday PFT Live. Damn, and it's he's a Friday. here. What is going he's on? He's here. Yeah. Interrupting his weekend. He He's doing a two-phase weekend. Thursday off, Friday on, and Monday and Tuesday, you have to deal with me in person, in studio. I can't wait. I'm going to be up there. Oh, yeah. Here we go. You know what that means. I'm going to annoy you for 48 hours on You Should Move Up Here and how great the show is and we're together. Uh, so I can't wait for that. Yeah, it was weird. It's weird. I'm going to have an itch on my forehead. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry. I gotta, I'm got. i going to have a right, a right jab. That's going to be good for your chest, too, when you get here. So don't you worry. <laughs> but uh, no, it, it is. It's, it's, I'm glad to be in. It's Friday. There's lots of cool things to talk about with the schedule release. It stinks being here on a Friday. My kids didn't have school today for one reason or another, right, Mike, too? And I'm Mike, I, the weirdest thing is, and I know you've gone through this, I'm going through this phase in my life right now where my 16-year-old, about to be 17-year-old, right? Like, kids are starting to come over. It's Parties are starting to happen on, you know, non-school nights. And yesterday it was, we had an 80-degree day here, and it was come over at the pool, and I see a beer in the back and another beer being hidden here, and I just can't believe that I'm at that age where I got a daughter and I'm having to police this stuff now. <laughs> I remember... We moved into this house nine years ago, and 
and my son was finishing his junior year in high school at the time. Right. And I remember being down at the barn before it was the place to be. It was just a crappy, falling apart, dilapidated structure, but I had to go down there for something. And as I came up, I saw an empty six-pack of one of those crappy, non-beer, alcoholic, like Reds, oh, yeah, apple gotcha, cider, gotcha, orchard, right. disgusting, there goes our sponsorship uh, product. And, and it was just sitting there, empty on the other side of a bush. Like, if you're looking out at the property from the perspective of the house, great hiding spot. If you happen to be on the other side of the fence on any of the eight acres that we have walking up, horrible hiding spot because it's right there. <laughs> and I said, Alex, how dumb are your friends that they would hi- that just throw it away, put it in the trash? It's sitting right there. Right. It's what what's going to I mean, it's right there. Oh, and yeah. So that became and. And look, I tried to police that as best I could until they were all 21. Yeah, and it's hard. I can see that, already. That's one of the big reliefs in life because I don't know who has fake IDs. I yeah. don't know how they're getting it. I don't want people driving. I don't, you know, I mean, I, I, I like the idea that they come to your house. Yes, and that they feel I'm with safe you there. there. Right. But I don't want my safe haven to become the yeah. ground zero for something unsafe to happen because they're getting drunk and then they're driving home or they're going anywhere else. So. I mean, we would have, we would have like six kids strewn all over the basement, spending the night. Right. Right. And it kind of got to the point where, like, when they're in their early twenties, I started to get uncomfortable. It's like at a certain point, you have a boarding house. Yeah, that's sleepover. right. You're like a grown so, up now. You don't yeah. get to like, see, yeah, right. You're not the cute high school kid that's coming around and just, oh, hey, Johnny's sleeping over. Now it's like, hey, you're a grown man. Get the hell out of my house here. <laughs> I'm, I know we're getting there, Mike. Uh, yeah. Uber, Uber does help, right? That's one thing. Like, I'm very good with. I don't want to hear, you know, my wife's awesome. I don't, anybody at a drink, whatever, we'll buy Ubers for everybody. We don't care. So that, that's the one thing that helps. But like the, the audacity they have, I, I guess, is what I'm also amazed with too. So this twice out of the last two weeks, we've had this. And last night I'm going around and they cleaned up pretty good. And, you know, I saw a beer can here and whatever i you know a vape pen right that's another thing there was like 10 kids over and i'm just like what the hell is this and i'm looking oh, at mike mcdaniel visit I, I, <laughs> yes exactly but but somebody opens up a bottle of 2009 don perignon that's where i was like wow these guys got you know guys girls whatever they got guts right here it's an expensive bottle that I believe like my agent or somebody gave to me for like an anniversary or whatever, but I was just shocked. That, oh, wow. Yeah. Opened up at your, Opened oh, wow. up. Didn't bring it. Exactly. Not, can't hide money. Exactly. Taking your money. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Cause we had, we put away all the hard liquor and stuff, but we had, yeah, there was like a champagne and a, you know, a few spots and we're like, well, no one's going to open that. We weren't in, and there we were last night. I'm looking, it's 10 o'clock. I'm turning lights off and I'm going, Somebody opened the damn champagne, Don Perignon. I just couldn't believe that. Well, I mean, think about it. Yeah, I know. I can believe it. I Number probably one, would have done the same. I, I, I mean, <laughs> right. But I'm just thinking, like, of all of your daughter's friends. Yes. She's got the dad who 
played in the NFL, right. the Sims name, on TV, cool guy, smokes <laughs> weed and openly talks about it. Gee, which house is going to become <laughs> yeah. the target yeah. for the hangout yeah. for the group of friends? Which, <laughs> which is going to be A number one? It's yeah. going to be... It's going to be uh, the Sims uh, farm. I, it could so. be. I know. That's, it's a there little it scary. I, I, did, I did have my first, her first request of, you know, my friends, they, they want to they smoke with you. And I was like, well, never. That's never happening. That's not happening at all. Because, yes, a few of them who are football fans have figured it out through the show and whatever else. And that, that was a little bit uncomfortable where it was like, ah, oh, no, nah, that's not happening. Tell them to, you know, move along. <laughs> Yeah, you don't want to do that because then they get the munchies, and the next thing you know, Daffodil is gone, and it's not a <laughs> Right. They're visiting you and your Kentucky Fried Chicken recipes again, and we don't want that. <laughs> uh, well, uh, welcome to uh, Yeah, exactly. Age. Thank you. As exactly. Your kids right. get old enough to take over your house and have their friends take over your house. And, yeah, we did that stuff when we were kids, too. Not to the same degree right. now, but uh, – if if there was a, um, you know, a house like ours when I was growing up right. and my friends and I had access to it, we, we'd have never left. Yeah, right. We'd been, we would have been there all the time. <laughs> yeah. Pinball machines, video games, yeah. right? Uh, that barn, I yeah. mean, it's, to I get away God, that barn from the parents. <laughs> the, yeah, and, and the barn wasn't like finished when my kid was 17 18 19 and and it was done when he was early 20s and it used to be a freaking mess down there at times where i'd have to like come up and grab by the ear and take him down and say clean this up now right that doesn't happen anymore they're old enough they clean up their mess and that that's the other good part about it as the friends get older they do become less slobs. They become more responsible, less right. likely to crack open your Dom Perignon, <laughs> yeah. more likely to bring their own. Right. And so, yeah, so, uh, I look forward to those days. Right. Uh, a schedule release. That's why Chris is here today. And there's plenty of stuff to discuss about it. Let's get right into it. And let's start with the one team that we knew had plenty of great games on the schedule. We knew they would be a magnet for standalone games, primetime games, late afternoon games on a Sunday, and just plenty of attention. Chris, the New York Jets and their schedule. And we knew yesterday right out of the gates, it's the Buffalo Bills who are visiting MetLife Stadium to get things started. But just look at that early start. And we talked about this. And the Jets have had tough schedules the past couple yes, of years have, right. out of the gates. That is... The first four, if you're going to break it down into quarters, and I know it's hard to do now with 17 games, but those first four games, we're going to learn a lot about the New York Jets. Agreed. Agreed. I think you could put those first four games against um, anybody that I've seen so far as far as schedules, right? I mean, that, that, this would be one that jumps out to you go, this might take the cake of the hardest first four games. You know, it's nice you got the Patriots and Chiefs at home. The Patriots, they take that rivalry real. That's the that's the cupcake of the schedule, right? The Cowboys, super talented. You got to go down there and deal with them. You know, we know the Bills will be rolling and ready to go. So yeah, I'm with you, Mike. That first four, it, it's we're gonna have a real good feel. And it's not like the next few are that much better. You know, I put a lot of stock into the first four, but five, six, and seven teams haven't given up that at that point either. So where you you can look at that, where yeah, the, the Jets are. They're going to have to hit the ground running here, and it's good that Rodgers is there, and they got that done just for what we're seeing right now. 
Um, that's right. And and look, I, what you know what? One thing that surprised me too. Um, I'm sorry, I'm multitasking. I've got some technical issues in the house that I have to get taken care of. But um, the one thing that really stood out to me as a major surprise, yeah. week eight, right. the Giants game. Yeah. That's 1 o'clock Eastern on a Sunday. Yeah. What is up? With that That was a stunner to me. Of all the things I saw yesterday that surprised me, that is a prime game that's getting subsumed within the cluster. Like, did, did, uh, you know, I, you want to watch Aaron Rodgers and the Giants. Definitely. In, I was shocked. And stand yeah. alone. You wanted it to be a night game so you could go to it. I did. I, well, I, you wanted I, I, it to be a Monday night or a Thursday night. I was kind of surprised, too. It was one of the first ones I looked at it was as far as the showdown, you know, showdown games there. And I, yeah, I, I was, I thought, man, it's the first time the Giants and Jets have been good and they're both on the schedule playing each other, you know, since I, probably the 2011 season. It's been a long time since there's been like a chance where it's a meaningful game. But uh, nonetheless, you know, the, that game there, the Chargers the next week, you know, even that little run after the bye week there at Raiders, at Bills, Dolphins at home. I mean, wow. I mean, they, they really. They got something to work with here for sure, and they're, they're going to have to play good on the offensive side of the ball and make sure Rodgers is going strong here. And that defense was good last year. They're going to have to be damn good this year. That's for sure. It's a different year. Bullseye on their back more this year. You know, I could see two and four going into the bye. That's not impossible. Not at now, all. Now, look, I don't I – don't, Game by game, I don't know that I would pick them to lose for the first six, but I I could see two and four. I could see wins against the Broncos and the Patriots and losses to the Bills, Cowboys, Chiefs, and Eagles. Now they're getting four of their toughest ten games right out of the gates, but – and and we've seen Rodgers storm back from a slow start before. Yeah. Once you see it dropped like this, you get an appreciation of how difficult it is. It really is a gauntlet for this Jets team. And when you have that many games out of the normal schedule, six standalone, four at 425 p.m. Eastern, 10 of those games in a big spot. It does surprise me, though, that they have five one o'clock Eastern games altogether. I didn't think they'd have that many. I thought they would be a major draw like the Cowboys. Like it's rare to see the Cowboys ever at one o'clock Eastern on a Sunday. Very rare. Um, three times a year, maybe I feel like it is. Yeah. So I, I, and, and later in the year, maybe some of those games get flexed to 425 PM Eastern, who knows, but I, I thought they could have gotten more out of that Jets schedule, uh, in, in big spots than they did. And maybe they were burned a little bit by what happened with the Broncos. I think that's the biggest seven thing. Standalone games and. And a lot of them stunk. Well, that, that's that, that's the next thing I was going to bring up. Like you, you're right, but what they did, and I think I think there's a little proof in the pudding as far as what you're talking about there is. It, d- it does seem like it was a little more front loaded with like uh, maybe prime time games on their schedule as compared, you know, to uh, or, or, or because of the Broncos issue I'm talking about. You know, the Buffalo, the Bills game, the Cowboys is 425, the Patriots go back to 1, but then it's the Chiefs at 825, the Broncos at 425, the Eagles at 425, right? You got the Giants at 1 like you mentioned, and then there's two night games again where they go Chargers and La- Las Vegas Chargers on a Monday night and then Vegas on a Sunday night. So yeah, I think you're 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 right on that the Russell Wilson thing probably scared them, and that's why they kind of front loaded some of those prime marquee games in that matchup. But you know, the one thing I'll say, Mike, too, when you were breaking it down, like yeah, I could see two and four 
But that's what's crazy about this. They're not a playoff team, right? But, man, we know their roster's good. We're both impressed with what they've done. You look at it and I go, wait, Bills versus Jets? I don't know. If we broke that down, what do you think? We might take more Bills, Jets players than Bills players. I'm not sure the Jets roster isn't better than the Bills. Cowboys is close. I think their roster is better than the Patriots. We know the Chiefs win. They got a better roster, I think, than the Broncos. I do. And then we know the Eagles have the best roster. So when you look at it that way, you go, hey, yeah, this is a tough schedule, but damn, these teams got to deal with the Jets too. They got talent across the, uh, you know, across the roster as well. Something that Miles Simmons and I discussed yesterday about that opener. Yeah. Bills at Jets. Yeah. Here's why it's so critical to the Jets, Chris, and I want to get your thoughts on this. But my take was this is an absolutely critical game for the Jets because if you lose to the Bills at home, you have to play them later. There it is, week 11 at Buffalo. Right. You lose there, you're swept. How are you going to win the division if the Bills sweep you? And we've established in the past four games against the AFC West, four games against the NFC East. Could be only one team gets out of that conference. They're going to cannibalize each other with six games. You go 0-2 against the Bills. In other words, you start 0-1, losing at home to the Bills. That puts you on a trajectory that's going to be hard to get off of if the Bills continue to play well like they have in recent years, and they're going to be there. You know, you're going to have to make up three games. Yeah. In 15 contests, if you get swept by the Bills, if you want to win that division, and there's only going to be potentially one playoff berth coming out of the AFC East, that that gives that game even higher stakes for a week one game than it would normally have. I, I, I would agree. And then the fact that the week two is at Dallas, right? And you look at that, and I mean, we know Dallas is super talented. And I mean, you, you go, so you go, oh, and one, you're sitting there staring. At you know, oh no, we got a chance to go zero and two. We got to deal with the Cowboys and their home opener there, where you know there's going to be a different kind of energy in the stadium, like there always is for a home opener. Yeah, that's scary, and and, and you know it's also, and I think this is why I, I'm not mad at them for making the Rodgers thing happen. Maybe overpaying for it and getting to go. You know, a team like the Bills, they've been together. There's not a lot of new pieces there. They're going to hit the ground running, just like we saw last year with the Rams game and our our opener against Rams uh, or you know Rams hosting the Bills. You know, so they're a team that they know who they are. There's no you know major coaching changes. I know they got a you know a different defensive coordinator, but it's still McDermott's defense there. So that's where I do think, you know, the continuity, Rodgers getting reps with the team, you know, and them putting, you know, their their best foot forward to look their best for week one. It's imperative with this schedule and, and like you're saying, with a divisional matchup to start it off. There was one very important game that was leaked yesterday and ultimately confirmed last night. And I think if we pulled the sound, this is one of those situations where if we pulled the sound, it would actually make us look not like idiots for a change. When the Rodgers stuff first was percolating with the Jets, we pointed out if he lands in New York, we'll finally see Mahomes versus Rodgers. We've never seen it before. It would be at the Jets. And I said at some point it would be perfect for Sunday night, week four, We'd be there. We'll go. We volunteer our services from Stanford to 
East Rutherford or whatever I, yeah. town that's right. Is it still East Rutherford. East Rutherford. Yeah, town. East Rutherford. Anyway, right, yeah. that's what it is. Right. That's how it landed. And you think about it, that that week four Sunday night has been a great spot in recent years. It was the Tom Brady back to New England two years ago. Right, sure. It was Brady versus Mahomes last year. And this year it's Mahomes versus Rodgers. It's early enough that hopefully, hopefully they'll both be available. Hopefully there won't be any knee injuries or COVID toes that will keep the the thing from happening because they were supposed to play in 2019 and Mahomes was injured. They were supposed to play in 2021. That was when Rodgers had COVID toe. And now this year they get a chance to get together. And hopefully it all holds together until Sunday night, October 1. If it happens, we'll finally see. And we saw that. We saw that. I didn't get that at first. The 12 years since yes, the Jets have right. been on NBC. Uh, there she they, is. They haven't been on Sunday night since 2011. And 2012 was the last time they were on NBC, Thanksgiving night, yeah. butt fumble game. Butt fumble. So, uh, yeah, that, that – uh, that's going to be a that's going to be a great night, and that's going to be a great game, and oh, it's, it's a, an yeah. important game. Yeah, and, and those early season games too. When you play teams from different divisions, those early season games echo into the postseason because they, in some respects, can help determine where those games are going to be played. Because hey, look, we're thirteen and four. Oh wait, the Chiefs are too, and we lost to them in week four. We have to go play there. If we cross paths in the postseason, yeah, no, I, I, it's it's a litmus test either way, right? It's 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 good for the Jets, you know, that early in the year, they're going to see where they stand as compared to a team that we, you know, we all know is one of the best teams in football. Yeah, we haven't seen this matchup, you know. Mahomes, his favorite quarterback growing up is Aaron Rodgers. He has said that really so uh, there that is and then he's like the new version of Aaron Rodgers it's like hey wait let's let's come up with a new version of it you know 15 years later 16 years later oh hey it's it looks like Patrick Mahomes right and then he's doing it at a higher level as you saw in the stats there if you're watching compared to Rodgers I mean the first five seasons there I mean Mahomes come on it's the greatest first five seasons we ever seen in the history of football probably I think when you break it down right Mike so it's amazing and I'm with you Right away, I was like, "Oh well, well, this could be one. We should, we should probably be on the field for that one. That's not a hard. They don't have to pay for a plane flight, anything. No, you know, no special hotel. We could just stay at the same hotel at Stanford. We could do the pregame there. That would be awesome. I think you should make a Maybe week. You don't even have to stay. At- no, I can stay well, home. You, you, you stay in your house. That's what I mean. And, and I think house. you stay too. Maybe the next night, because they're doing a doubleheader at Giant Stadium, or MetLife, I still call it Giant Stadium, where the next night, Seahawks-Giants Monday Night Football. So it could be a great weekend for us. You could stay, hang, we'll do the shows, we'll do all that, we'll go to the games, we'll have a good time. I mean, I mean, that sounds good. I mean, you and me watching Rodgers and Mahomes together, I think I'm, I'm down for that. Well, well I, I think we should do that week one also. Isn't it Cowboys-Giants on Sunday Night Football week one at MetLife and the next night Bills-Jets? Uh, do you, do you, Th- those are going to be some whoa. interesting two-day football packages at MetLife Stadium. Seriously. You talk about the grounds crew and everybody that's got to get things situated. I don't know. I guess it's just a flip of the switch or whatever. Turn the lights from green to blue. That, that was the big selling point. The stadium can go from green to blue. On a given day. Oh, my gosh. That's the technology we have here in New York at our great new stadium. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it, but, it's but, an awesome you know, matchup. It's, it's 
it's a rare occasion when you've got both teams in New York that are highly desirable and trying to avoid that awkward Sunday afternoon. You don't want them playing at the same time on Sunday afternoon. You want one at 1 o'clock at one at 425. And maybe that's why there are more Jets games than I thought there would be at 1 because there's got to be some Giants games at 425 because right. the Giants are pretty good right now. They're they're I, in demand. That certainly so plays into it's just, that. It's just uh, – yeah. We get so used to the Jets and Giants not being nationally desirable both at the same time. This first year in a long time, they both are. And it's just going to make for some interesting interesting football watching and interesting scheduling quirks when you put the two schedules together. All right, the Kansas City Chiefs, the defending champions. We talked yesterday about the fact that they opened the season with the Detroit Lions. Chris, let me get your reaction to that because Miles and I were on the air as that came out. When you first saw that, Dan Campbell and the kneecap-biting Detroit Lions opening the season at Arrowhead Stadium Thursday night for all to see, what was your reaction? I, I, I was actually, I was like legit surprised. One, because I, I had heard through some people in the NFL that it was going to be an NFC team that was going to Kansas City, right? So then I was like, oh man, when I was looking at the schedule, I was going, well, it's going to be the Eagles. They're going to they're gonna open the season with the Super Bowl rematch, which I never like, right? So I was already, like, building myself up for, man, I don't want to see that game right off the bat again. you know. So then when I saw the Lions news, I went, wow, okay, that's awesome. I mean, that's a fresh look, somebody you would not expect, a team that's chomping at the knee, the kneecap to be a primetime-type football team. And here they have a chance to – you know, put themselves on the map here early on in the year. So, uh, you know, you got one team that's been on top of the mountain forever and another team here that's slowly trying to make a climb to get towards the top of the mountain. Uh, I think it's got some cool dynamics to, to this matchup. Well, and it's just an indication of yeah how far the Lions have come. Right. And, and think about it. They finished last season on NBC – with the final game of the regular season, they win it. They don't get to the playoffs, but they can feel pretty good about themselves going into the offseason. And now they start the season with everyone able to scrutinize the Lions as we get a rematch of Jared Goff versus Patrick Mahomes from 2018, the epic 54-51 game. Slightly different circumstances for Goff, dramatically different team. But now just all of a sudden, it just shows you how quickly a team's fortunes can change in the NFL. And I think that's one of the reasons why the league is leaning into this. They're recognizing, yeah. hey, there's a, there, there, is that, there is that shine, that new car smell with the Detroit Lions all of a sudden. And it can happen for any of these downtrodden teams. And, and also, when a team slips into that vibe – we're gonna we're gonna grab it. Yeah, we're not gonna embrace just, oh, it. No, no, no. Well, it's 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 Fugazi. It was it was a you know no because they are running the risk that maybe the Lions aren't going to be good. But yeah. you know what? We'll all find out together because we'll see on that Thursday night right out of the gates how good the Lions are. But uh, you know the Chiefs look for as difficult as the season starts for the Jets. And the Chiefs are the Chiefs. Yes, so that's right. You look at these games and think, well, you know, at the Jaguars may not be a cupcake, but it is the Chiefs. That's right. The Bears may be better this year, but it, it is the Chiefs. Yeah. So you feel pretty good about the Chiefs looking at the first half of that schedule. Yeah, right. 
although there are some problem spots there. They do get the Broncos twice, which I guess is good news. But with Sean Payton, who knows? That's the thing about the Broncos yeah, this year. It's, it's going to be different. what they're going to be, what Payton's going to do to make that team better right out of the right. gate. So, you know, the Chiefs could have a few surprises in the first half of the season. Yeah, agreed. I, I mean, I look at the second half of the season, like a week, a week 11 through 18 to go, that's kind of like murderer's row right there. Right, I know I, the Chiefs, from what I read, I think have the third or fourth hardest schedule. But like what you're saying, Mike, too, I think that's what's real to me. Like I look at the Chiefs' schedule and go, yeah, it's hard. And on paper, that second half is hard. But we know the second half of the season is when teams start to – we're 2-7. and seven, They start to fold the tents. Injuries accumulate to where the teams are not the same. You know, that's where I put a little more meat and potatoes into that first half of the year, and especially the first four or five games, right? And, and to what you're saying, like, hey, what's one thing we know about the Chiefs? The, well, we, we know the Chiefs are capable of hitting the ground and just all, hitting all cylinders right away when the season starts. We saw it last year. They had a tough schedule last year to start. So I, I just look at that, and I think the Chiefs are one of those teams that, you know, we've talked about this in the past. They're not a Super Bowl hangover team. They're a, like, let's keep the Super Bowl party going and never have a hangover. That's how they kind of look like it, in, in my opinion. And where I think they have an advantage, even though these teams are good and there's some up-and-comers, I don't, are they ready to play Chiefs-caliber football right away early in the season? Yeah, the Jaguars got some – you know, some talent in that team. But are those young whippersnappers ready to play, like, detailed four-quarter football in week two? Right, Mike? Same with the Bears, the Jets. The Vikings got some newness. And you talked about the Broncos. I think that kind of favors the Chiefs a little bit here early in the year. The Lions, I expect, will be ready to go for this one. Yeah. I said yesterday, Dan Campbell's attitude and message to the team will be very simple, I believe. We had to go there at some point. We may as well go now. Let's just go. Let's go. Let's get it on. We were going to Arrowhead. We get to go in there fresh. No excuses. We're not beaten up. We're not beaten down. It's not the middle of November where we we can't, you know, can't, you know, we really have to get it together. No. We get their best. They get our best. Let's go give them our best. I mean, it's, I, I'm, I'm excited for that. I didn't expect yeah, of all right. the games that we could have seen – I didn't expect it to be the Lions. Uh, there, was, there are many better games on paper that I thought would fit into that spot. And, and look, that's one thing that I noticed bigger picture this year's schedule. The captive audience games, the games that they assume are going to generate big numbers. Yeah. Week one opener, it's going to generate a big number. Thanksgiving games, they're going to generate big numbers. Christmas games, going to generate big numbers. They didn't put the best of the best games in those spots. They saved the best of the best for other That's good. choices right. and, and placements because they're going to get big numbers elsewhere. Because they, they know. We're going to watch on Thanksgiving or the opener or whatever. Yeah, exactly. I, mean, I thought I thought, you know, I thought it would be maybe Super Bowl rematch right out of the gates. Because yeah. we've seen that before. And it was a great game. Panthers at Broncos. Seven years ago. It was a great game. Down to the wire. Graham Gano field goal for the win. Missed it. Broncos win the game. Go to 1-0. and So, uh, I, I, but but this one was just kind of like, a, yeah, you know, I kind of, I I, I, I I like this more than I thought. And this is, this is, I, I guess I didn't think the NFL would fully embrace the fact that the Lions are the new kid on the block. And I like the fact that the NFL is just willing to say, let's do it. Let's do it. Well, hey, Lions, we've been waiting for you for 60 years. We thought you'd never show up. 
Let's go. Let's do it. No, I I, I love it. You know, like I said, I, I did not want to see the Super Bowl rematch. I didn't. I you know, to me, it's just like we just saw that. I don't want to start the season off with the same matchup. You know, I don't. I, so I'm glad there's something different here. And yeah, you got a team that's that's trying to prove themselves in the NFL. And I mean, you, you just couple that together with like you know, we also just the the, the hey the Jared Goff storylines, Dan Campbell, and all of that. Right, the Chiefs, their great offense, and oh, they're playing the worst defense in football from last year to start the season. Who has a bunch of new players on that side of the ball and is trying to change their outlook of the team? You know, especially on that defensive side of the ball. I, I think it's awesome. It really is, and uh, you know, I'll be excited to see where the Lions are because I know where the Chiefs are going to be at. I, I just, I, I think the Chiefs got something right now where. You know, they're, 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 they're looking for greatness. You know, two rings ain't enough. Like you've always talked about, there's a chase for Brady, the Patriots, all of that. I think that's, that's real in Kansas city. I do. And that's where I look at that early season. Yeah. There's some teams there that are tough for them, but teams that are kind of unproven and are just getting the, Oh wait, we have a bullseye on our back for the first time ever. And I think those those type of things kind of favor the Chiefs uh, early on in the football season. And, look, we keep waiting for the next Tom Brady versus Peyton Manning, and we've got a great round robin. While we, while we wait, and, I, you know, we're kind of thinking it's, it's Mahomes and Burrow, but while we wait for it to fully declare itself, we've got Josh Allen in the mix as well. So – we're going to see them all play each other. Uh, we've got week nine, Bills at the Cincinnati Bengals, the rematch of that regular season game last year that was ultimately scrapped following the DeMar Hamlin situation. Week 14, the Bills are at the Chiefs. And then week 17, we knew about that one, the New Year's Eve game, 425 p.m. Eastern, Cincinnati at Kansas City. So those three games, I think, are going to be incredibly, incredibly significant to the playoff tree. And we know how important the playoff tree is because look at what the cancellation of the Bills-Bengals did to the league and the owners. And they were all twisted in knots figuring out how they're going to account for the ramifications of the playoff tree. So right. those three games, those are ones to, to circle because we're going to learn a lot. Regardless of anything the Jets do, we're going to learn a lot about what the tournament looks like from those three games. Yeah, I mean, those, that's the cream of the crop. And it's the cream of the crop of the quarterbacks as well. But that's what's amazing. I mean, that's just a tip of the iceberg in the AFC with the quarterback matchups. We didn't throw in Justin Herbert, who's going to have a say in this. Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars, like you're talking about. Lamar, you know, Jackson and the Ravens, you know, they're involved in this. So it's just, it's unbelievable. And, and then, of course, they're, they're playing a bunch of these guys as well. But, yeah, I think this, this trio is the trio we look at right now to be, you know, maybe in a, a little bit of a class of its own, you know. And I don't mean to disclude some other guys like a Herbert who is awesome. I just don't know if he's quite in this stratosphere yet. Yeah, this is the one we look at to be maybe the Brady-Manning you know, potential or maybe something different here where it's like, wait, we've, we've never been through an era where there's, wait, there's three, there's a Marino, an Elway, you know, Anna Manning playing against each other all at the same time. I mean, that's what we're seeing here too in a lot of ways where I just think it's, it's a special, it's uncharted water, waters right now with what we got in the AFC. And by the way, people, please, please, please do not flood my email box with 
what references to a new simsism disclude you said disclude yeah, that's not right. new we've no. been there before right, right we've determined that there are some fringe dictionaries that yeah. recognize disclude but right. the the real dictionaries not. do not right. acknowledge disclude as right. a word but but don't yeah i've i caught it because that chris what happens now is you'll say one that you've said before and if i don't react they send me emails calling me out it's right. like, first of all i'm numb right. to a lot of them uh, usually I catch the new ones, but we, we really have come all the way back around. We're, 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 we're back at the top of the order multiple times over for some of these. Definitely. I think this is the only the second time Disclude has made an appearance. But, folks, we can Disclude, Disclude from the list of Simsisms because it, it, it already was on there. So <laughs> if that's what Disclude means, then that's what we should do. Okay. Um, AFC North is going to be interesting as well. Yeah. We know about the Bengals and Joe Burrow, but Lamar Jackson with a new offense. The Steelers in year two of Kenny Pickett. And the Steelers are the Steelers. I mean, come on. The Steelers could could get off to a, a decent start. You know, they don't get an easy draw with the 49ers coming to town. But if I'm the 49ers, I'm thinking, my God, of all the places I could start the season, I got to go across the country to Pittsburgh for the first game of the year. Good luck with that. The Steelers have Browns on Monday Night Football. Then they're at the Raiders on Sunday night, week three. Texans, Rams, Ravens. They they could get off to a decent start. And look at how they finished last year. If they can carry that over into this year and get off to a good start, they're a team you can't ignore. And then the Browns are the ultimate wild card. Yes, they are. You just don't know what they're going to look like with Deshaun Watson having a full year to get ready. But those early season games, and you see all of them there for the four teams of that division – by the time we get through the first six, I, I, I'm not ready to say who we're gonna who we're gonna like and who we're not gonna like. And there's a chance we're gonna like all of them again. You, you, you those those wild card berths may be hard to get in the AFC this year. That's why I keep saying AFC East. All those teams, there may just be one. Because we may be looking at two or three playoff teams right now on that AFC North ground. No, that, that's what's, uh, you know, back to the AFC conversation. That's what's crazy. I mean, the AFC North, the AFC East, the AFC West. I mean, I think we could look at all three of those divisions and go, there's three potential playoff teams. Like, for sure. Not like we're pulling it out of our butt here and going like, oh, we think if this happens, if this happens. It's like, you look at the team. We've been doing this for a long time in our life. And you go, damn, there's a lot of talent on those teams. And this one might take, you know, might take it all. You, you said it right with Cleveland. Cleveland's got a ton of talent on their football team. And they got a superstar quarterback who I'm just waiting for it to click again. And I think that's going to happen early on in the football season. So they're a team you look at, Mike, and we talk about the first four. Can they get some confidence going? You know, that, that, that's, that's not an easy schedule for Deshaun Watson and that offense to get it going. Oh, we got the Bengals. We know how awesome they are. Oh, geez, you got to go to Pittsburgh and deal with Mike Tomlin and that defense in week two. Oh, the pissed-off Titans who are trying to rebound from last year and Mike Vrabel. We know the Ravens are going to be damn good. The Colts' D has been good. And then, oh, hey, oh, yeah, the 49ers, just them coming to town in, in, week, in week five there, six, excuse me. So they're a team that we're, we're going to have a good feel for them, too. Uh, and, and it, yeah, it, with Deshaun Watson and him trying to get back to the form we saw before all the, the court and legal stuff happened, um, yeah, they, they got a tough schedule for sure. That jumped out to me. 
You, you know what you sounded like there? What's as that? As you were doing that? Yeah. You, sounded like, you sounded like my favorite line from Goodfellas. Oh, you had a fire? Uh, pay, me. pay me. <laughs> oh, ba- business is bad? F you, pay me. Oh, struck by lightning? F you, pay, pay me. me. Uh, we'll, we'll, see. we'll see who's doing the paying when the Browns play this year. But if they're good, if they're good, that throws a major wrench into what we're thinking about the AFC. If they're good, that that changes a lot of stuff, and that takes away a playoff spot that other would otherwise would be occupied by a quote unquote good team. If they're good and good enough to rise up and get one of those seven spots, and, and that's the reality. One of those four divisions is guaranteed to have only one playoff participant. There's no way you can have because there's only three wild cards. It could be the two. Only have one. In theory, three could only have one. So this is where that schedule rotation process, it can create competitive imbalance in a given season. And you could argue that this year, as Aaron Rodgers comes to town, AFC East getting the short end of the stick with the schedule rotation, and it's harder for them to overcome as it relates to competing with teams from other divisions for Wild card spots one, two, and three. No, let's look at the AFC. Yeah, I, I'm glad. I was going to say, let's go just there. To get an idea, right. of Where where oh, they're going to be? Well, after the first six games of the season, Mike. Let me just say this before you dive into the AFCs. I, one of the first things that pops to me, and I know you saw my text last night a little bit. I mean, you we already hit on the Jets schedule, but then I looked at the Patriots and Dolphins, just the AFC's theme. I, I just went, I, I don't know, the Patriots, Jets, Dolphins. They might have the, the toughest first five, six, seven games in all of football when you really break it down. And you just go, wow, yeah, they're talented teams, but, man, the league is putting them to the test right away. Yeah, I mean, there they are. And there's going to be that cannibalization as they play each other. Each of them will have six games against very good teams from their own division. And you see, it's like looking at a one of those very hectic slot machines where you've got arrows and lines i mean you see cowboys popping up over and over again you see you see the, well, the look at the jaguars patriots. in there who are a real contender now the patriots have the meat grinder to start the season with the the eagles dolphins jets cowboys raiders and saints um now look they could be they could be zero and four yes, they, they, could, could. they could win those last two yeah but they could be zero and four right and and who knows where your mindset is if you start zero and four not many teams have ever started zero and four and turned it around i think it's still just the bobby ross chargers from 1992 yeah that started zero and four and made it to the playoffs there may have been another one since then but i don't think so uh but yeah the, if it's gonna this is a a new reality for Bill Belichick and company to to be the one that 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 is the punching bag for some of these great teams to start a season. No, no doubt. I mean, we're going to see Billy O'Brien, Mac Jones, where they're at. That defense, it's good defense, but man, they're put to the test in those first four games. You know, I don't I don't feel wrong in saying that their team, their roster, is the lesser team in the first four games. There's no doubt about that. So that, that's where it's scary. Now, again, we know they're a team that knows how to manage games and do things the right way. They've shown that in their history. So they're going to have to do some of that in these games because, <clears throat> yeah, it, it's not going to be easy. But 
uh, they're they're put to the test right away. And like you said, yeah, you could look at the first six and go legitimately, yeah, they might be two and four. They might, but can they steal a game? You know, can they catch the Jets and Aaron Rodgers not playing their best? Whatever it may be, uh, that's what they're going to be looking for to steal something there in those first four. The Bills have an opportunity to get off to a yes, great start. Yes, they do. Right. Their schedule. Because you think that they all play the Eagles. They all play the Chiefs. They all play the Cowboys. They all play the Giants. Right. And when you look at that, the Jets are the ones who have the hardest schedule as we factor in those big-time teams from outside of the division because they see the Cowboys, the Chiefs, and the Eagles in the first five games. I mean, I mean, really, this is I, – I, look, there's only so much you can control, and we would hear the cliches if we would talk to any of the coaches now. Hey, we control, we control, we take them one game at a time. We don't play them. They have to play us. That was the Bengals' mantra last year. Yeah, that's right. But, man, the Jets really – the Jets really got it tough. I'd say they have the toughest of the AFC East teams, Chris. Yeah, the first six weeks. Of the I, season. I I would agree with you there, Mike. I would too. Those first six are that's brutal. That is. Yeah, I'm with you in what you said with Buffalo. You know, look, you look at the Raiders and Commanders, and you just go on paper. Yeah, Buffalo. We expect them to beat those. So you know, we know it's the NFL, and they got to play the games. We got that. But we can also look at it and go, wait, wait. wait. On paper, one team is definitively better. Where, you know, you know, there's other games where you go, that's a toss-up. Both teams are good on paper. You're less than. So the, I think you can legitimately say that with the Bills to where it favors them that way. Man, the Jets, brutal. The Patriots, the first four, brutal. And then you look at the Dolphins, and it might not look brutal at first, but I just go, those are tough matchups for them. I mean, that, hey, let's think about it. The Chargers, they were one of the first teams last year that had answers for the Dolphins' offense and Mike McDaniel, Tua, and that group. Remember, I mean, that was the game where – it was like they thrown for 50 yards in the fourth quarter of the football game, right? Their biggest play of the game was a fumble that Tyreek Hill picked up and ran for a touchdown. The Patriots showed the ability to slow down the Mike McDaniel offense. The Broncos and Vance Joseph, that ain't going to be easy. And dealing with that. And then even with the Bills, as we know, you know, up at Buffalo, three out of your first four on the road against some exotic, crazy defense. And this is in the Giants in week five, which is another crazy, exotic defense. That's kind of popped to me, Mike. That's going to test that, you know, young, or I don't want to say young offense, but young in its, its uh, you know, beginnings as far as Mike McDaniel and him being the architect there. And the thing to remember about those early season games in Miami. You yes, see sir. The Broncos in their dark jerseys, the Giants in their dark jerseys, and the Panthers. In their and dark they get jerseys. the Bills, and the, uh, they don't have to deal with the games. cold weather game. That was the other thing that jumped out to me. To get them early in the year, now you don't have to worry about going up there in December, which is a positive for them. Same with the Patriots. Well, not a positive overall for the AFC East. Again, I'm not going to be surprised if only one team comes out of that division and underscores the very real possibility that the Jets won't even make the playoffs and still have to give a first-round pick to the Green Bay Packers because the only trigger in that deal is playing time. Nothing about playoffs. And now that we see that schedule coming to focus, maybe they should have pushed a little harder for playoffs being part of the trigger for that second-round pick to become a first-rounder. Let's take a break. When we return, we'll look at the schedules of the two best teams in the NFC on paper, the 49ers and the Eagles, which of them is more likely to continue to rule the conference. We'll do that next here on this special Friday. Chris is in the building. What the hell is going on here? Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, 
the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Roger that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch Stratocoaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Titans wow. social media team, content go. team. I don't know what they call them now, but that is their moment. They all try to outdo each other, and we've got the 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 best of the best coming up, right. but that one's close. It may be 1B to the Chargers 1A, 
And apologies to those of you who are listening on Sirius XM 85 or on the podcast, but hey, you should watch. Hey, it's a TV show. (laughs) And you get to see the pictures, too. Right. But it really is a great video. And it's hilarious how they throw up the logo. And and obviously, folks, if you weren't seeing it, just hearing it, every one of those was wrong. And every time they thought it was the Cowboys, the logo it was the Colts. Was the Colts? <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. It's a, and they're well, so sure. Oh. They were so sure that it was the Cowboys. I like the one that said Red Stallions, and it was a bird. It was the Falcons. I went, wait, a stallion is a horse. And we just went with the red stallions, even though we're looking at a bird. That, that was a great one. Or or what was the other one? The Seahawks, the Seahawks, the Seahawks, the Steelers from Pittsburgh? <laughs> it's Eagles, Eagles, oh. Eagles, Eagles in <laughs> yeah. Pittsburgh, and it was the Seahawks. <laughs> oh, that was the, the Steelers are the 49ers, 69ers stars. Uh, yes, right. That was That's a really good one, are. too. Yeah, that I do. Uh, I, I would, I would uh, encourage people to watch that for sure. And because of that video, periodically – And you know how the trending topics work on Twitter. Like, they change all the time, and some will come and go. Chester Cheetah, Cheeto, excuse me, has been trending. And Lightning McQueen has been trending. (laughs) Lightning McQueen. Thanks to the reaction to the Chargers logo, (laughs) Lightning Lightning McQueen. McQueen (laughs) Where did that come from? He's not the name of a team. (laughs) Right. But it's it's the Cars, the Cars movie. Oh, you know what? I did not put that together. I did not. I did not. It's been a long time since I've seen cars and you're, I totally went over my head. I was thinking like, I don't know what that person's thinking. Steve McQueen and California. I didn't know what the hell he was thinking. So I was a little off base there. (laughs) Cars is one of my favorite movies that I don't watch nearly enough because you still think of it as a kid movie. Yeah, it's not. But it's actually a really good movie and it takes me back to my kid was young and we we took him to it and my nephew who's going to graduate from high school in a couple of weeks when he was like two years old, we took him to see it. I mean, so I get for clump thinking about that. Enjoy the time with your kids at home, Chris, because it goes fast. Snap your fingers. I know. I know. And and all you got's me. I am literally the dork. Else is. I'm the dork dad now who sees like a father with other young kids and I'm like, enjoy them while they're young. Look at mine. <laughs> I mean, it's like, I can't even believe I'm that guy. I really can't. Well, Hey, well, I've been in every phase of it. I've been the one who the other dad said, enjoy them while they're young. Then I was the one saying, enjoy them while they're young. And now I'm the one saying, you know, what the hell? <laughs> where am I? Okay. Uh, here's where we are. Eagles. Let's take a look at their schedule. Yeah. They, uh, they get off to a start that is manageable, but they better get some rest during the bye week. They better, you know, uh, yeah. extra time sleeping, extra time with the proper nutrition and the rest and the rehab because the gauntlet comes after that. But they should be able to get off to a pretty good start. My son saw week two again, just like last year, Vikings and Eagles Monday Night Football, and his first response was rigged. (laughs) It's Thursday night. They're changing the night of your – They do have to. They're changing the night of your butt whooping this year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But, but, yeah, but it's like, Alex, they still have to play there at some point. You know, I think he would rather it just be – a, a butt whooping that that doesn't get noticed as well right. as a primetime butt whooping, which he fully expects it to be, as do I. Well, you know, Thursday night, maybe you catch them sleeping a little bit, right? There's there's maybe some positives there. 
Yeah, that, that, that can be the positive. Home opener? But, yeah, but home opener scary, <laughs> right? I mean, this is the second year. Last year, we looked at the Eagles' schedule and went, they legitimately can go 10-0, like no doubt about it. Now, this year, I'm not going to say it's quite like that, but, I mean, the first five games, they're clearly the better team on the football field. Like, it, it's no, not even – I don't think it's really close. I don't want to say not close, but they're clearly better, right? So you could see them going 5-0. Now they got, you know, the Jets and Dolphins in week, week six and seven. We know those teams got some talent, right? But, yeah, I, I'm with you. It sets up for them to be sitting very pretty, you know, after the bye week and going into the gauntlet there that you're talking about of Chiefs, Bills, Niners, Cowboys, Seahawks, Giants, right? But, man, they should be sitting at a great spot, and we know they're already the best team in football. Week seven, which quarterback – are you more likely to have a snowball's chance in hell at interviewing as part of the pregame <laughs> that was right. Sunday night football? Right. Jalen Hurts or Tua Tonga-Vailoa? Well, I mean, I'd say it's a tie. I think it's, Neither. A, it's a tie either way. You're right. I don't think either one will want to talk to me. Probably not. And, uh, you know, that's what stinks. It's, you know, I'm, I'm, I know I'm not maybe see, see eye to eye with the rest of the world as far as how good they are. But, man, I got a lot of respect for what they've done. I get more annoyed with their following. I think that's what drives me crazy as we talk about from time to time. But, yeah, they better warm up Maria Taylor for those interviews there. I, doesn't think, I don't think I'll get the invite. I haven't sensed the Jalen Hurts following with the same level. No, it's not of, quite that. Of zeal. Right. That we've seen from right. two and on. But, but the problem is you – you you threw the curveball at the whole. I mean, it's like there isn't some subset of the Eagles fans. You just you got all of them coming after. I you. did. You're right. They, You're right. They all <laughs> they all joined forces, pitchforks and torches, and and they came after Chris last year. But uh, you know, there, there's some layers and levels to that game. It's the Alabama wrinkle. It was yeah. Hurts who was benched for Tua, and Hurts right. transferred to Oklahoma, and now Hurts Hurts is the Hurts is the better of the two so far. This is a chance for Tua to to reestablish dominance, I guess. I don't know. But Jalen Hurts has been far more accomplished in large part because he's been healthy. But I, I, Tua and on, I don't think this is this is a cause for you to be upset when I say Jalen Hurts is clearly the better of the two right now. Yeah. I doubt that many would disagree with me on that. I don't think – I don't know how you could disagree with that right now. I mean, Jalen Hurts went into another stratosphere last year. He did. He went, we went from a year of they went to the playoffs and there were some positives, but he was still probably the biggest question on their football team and how the playoff game against the Bucks unfolded and all of that. And he answered all those questions. And like you said, his availability, his ability to run that threat, all of that, yeah. I mean, he's, he's put himself in the upper echelons of quarterbacks right now. So that, that's where, yeah, I'm with you. And then you've taken Tua – with the injury stuff, it's hard to say he's on Jalen Hurts' playing field that way as of right now. But we'll see where that goes this year, and you know, hopefully Tua can replicate what he did last year when he was healthy. One of the scheduling quirks that I really don't like, that I would like to think is avoidable, we see it on the Eagles and Giants schedule. They What's play that? each other twice, and they don't play for the first oh. time until Week 16. Look yeah, at that. I know. They play twice in the final three games. We see that with the Lions and the Vikings this year as well. The Vikings and Lions don't play until week 16, then they play week 18. I would like to think there's got to be a way to work around this. I just don't like that. I, and I've, I've yet to encounter a pro play twice in three weeks crowd. Oh, I love that. It feels like, you know, a baseball game. No, I, I, 
a football season is 17 games long. Yeah. You play three teams twice each. There's got to be a better way to spread it out. There's got to be. And I understand that there's many factors and there will be aberrations and quirks. But to have – and and I haven't checked the others. There's just two that I've happened to notice. Well, two big two market where two playoff teams caliber playing. teams. End of season. Right. And end of season. Like those are games that, that should be sprinkled in. The, the games that are attractive earlier in the year. That's the other side of it, too. Yeah. You've got good teams. This isn't this isn't Cardinals and Rams meeting twice in the final three no. weeks. This is playoff. Cal- these, are, these are two great games from the schedule of the Eagles that shouldn't be relegated the final three weeks of the season. Same thing for the Vikings-Lions. One of those games should have been a standalone game earlier in the year. Yeah, I, I agreed. You know, I, I will say I like when teams they have a two out of three week like schedule thing. I do, but not like this. Like, like you know, to your like to your point, and in, in like for if it was in the middle of the season, here's the reason I like two out of three against the same team. I do think sometimes it's, it becomes a little more personal, right? The memories fresh in your your head. Like, wait. It was only 13 days ago, and that team kicked our ass. So, you know, we, we want to give it back to them here. So I do like that. But to your point, at the end of the year with playoff caliber teams, and here's what I don't like and what I get scared of, is I don't want to see Giants week 16 versus Eagles, Giants, Eagles week 18, and then they have to come around and play each other in the wild card round. Or the divisional round. That's a good point. That's where I, I yep. that to me is where I would be worried, and I don't like that for the NFL or the viewer or anybody to go. Well, we we have a chance to see Giants Eagles three to four weeks here, three to five weeks. That that's overkill. I don't I don't think that's good for the NFL. Yeah, I mean, look, I don't like it generally, but I hate it week sixteen, week eighteen, yeah. and it's happening twice this year, which only increases the possibility of one of these weird glitches where we see teams play each other three times in four weeks between right. the Vikings, the Lions, and yeah. the Eagles, and the Giants. The, the way it falls, we could see rematch yeah. between those I don't teams like that in the at wild all. card round right. or the divisional round. We, we, we just saw the Eagles and Giants play in the divisional round for crying out loud last year. All right, yeah. here's Kyle Shanahan, coach of the San Francisco 49ers, on being very happy that he doesn't have to take his team to the other side of Pennsylvania for week one he'll be in pittsburgh not philly he's happy about that here he is i am glad we're not playing philly week one um i want to play him at a better time i want to make sure our whole team's right there and um i don't like going back to philly again um my wife's bitter about it a little bit she didn't like her fan experience in the stands um so she's not going this time um but we felt like we didn't get to do it last time and i'm ready to go back again Kyle, were you surprised? I was going to say, I mean, you got to just mean, called I mean, really, your friend and said, did you just, hey, did you just come to the NFL last year? <laughs> Seriously, call your friend whose dad played in Philadelphia for 15 years straight. He'd tell you, you know, there's a reason he never let us go there either. Yeah, yeah. I, I did not aware. I was not aware that that happened there. So that was interesting to hear. Well, look, it, it, it really isn't a surprise. It, and it is. I guess I'll measure my words carefully in the event we have to go back to Philadelphia for a game at some point. I mean, we could be back there week one next year, but it it is a little over the top. It is a little much, but you know that going in. Yeah. You're not going to change it. You're not going to change it just showing up in your 49ers gear and say, 
you people should be more friendly. <laughs> it's just not it. It's what it is, and it ain't changing. Act accordingly. I remember when you know my my son last year when you know the Vikings were good, and he was hoping for a chance to for the Vikings to go to Philadelphia. And he said, "And I'm going, and I'm wearing a jersey." And I said, "No, no, you're not. No, you're not." You, it sounds no, good no. for now. Yeah, you're not yes. doing it. Right, just you're not. To, we, we will, we will concede that territory to the Eagles, and we'll just stay, you know, anywhere but there on game day. That, Why would you want to put smart. yourself through that? Yeah, so, that's right. Uh, that's right. Yeah, but I am. I'm glad. I'm. I'm now glad. That game, like Shanahan, that, that they don't have to open the season there. That's another one where it's like I don't want to see that right off the bat. I don't. I want to see those teams get going and get their feet underneath them and certainly don't want to see the 49ers go back to Philadelphia and play without Brock Purdy, right? So what? We can go, wait, what would it look like one more time if he actually played? So I'm really happy the NFL didn't do that. Uh, this is two of the most talented teams in football. Let them get at their full strength. And let's see, you know, let's see them match up when, when that, that has a possibility. And I think week 13 is the perfect sweet spot there where it could be for the number one seed and, and then setting up your football team like that for the playoff run. And, and listen, while we're in the neighborhood, it, it's not uh, on the rundown for today. But since we saw Shanahan there and he was being interviewed by, I noticed Matt Maioka of NBC Bay right, Area. Right. But I, last week, Matt, Matt made a stir last week by saying that Sam Darnold may be the most talented throw of the football the 49ers ever have. Now, I knew that came straight from Kyle Shanahan. He's not just pulling that out of the air. Right. That's coming straight from Shanahan. Right. And Shanahan has since said the same thing. Yeah. He said the same damn thing. Right. They're getting the idea out there, Chris, that Darnold could be the guy. If well, Brock's not ready, it ain't Trey Lance. It's going to be Sam Darnold. Well, listen, I don't get into the nitty-gritty with with my pal there in San Francisco about his whole team very much, right? I don't. I don't want to know some things. I don't want to speak at a turn. So we talk about football a lot. One thing I can tell you for sure, though, is, the yes, there's the Sam Darnold, the respect for, I think, the player and what he could be. I think it's always been there from Shanahan. When he came out in the draft, I think he was very intrigued by him. I think he's always kept his eye on him, right? And I think he's got some of the attributes and things that Shanahan looks at and go, wait, no, this makes sense for my offense, right? Quick release, good feet, moves in the pocket, play action pass, boom, come up, Debo Samuel, you know, on the move, bootlegs, he can do that. There's a reason he was the number three pick in the draft. That's for sure. So I think, I don't know. Listen, as much as I know he likes Sam Darnold, I know he loves Brock Purdy and thinks he's the man too. And I still think Brock Purdy's the guy that's in the leader house there. I think he's more setting it up with those comments and Matt Mayako saying that. Matt Mayako, May Mayako, excuse me. Mayoko. 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 <laughs> <Mayoko>. for <Oprah> 3. <laughs> but I think he's setting that up too to, to get the fan base to realize, wait, there's a good chance, there's a very good chance Sam Darnold's going to beat out Trey Lance. So start to digest that a little bit. I think that's, that's also part of that conversation. Right. Yeah. That's what I said. If it's not Brock Purdy, it's going to be Darnold, not Lance. Yeah. That's what I said. Yeah. No, no, I know. I, I know. I, right I, I heard you say that. I just think it's, you know, still a right. shock factor of people think it's Lance and all those type of things. And that's you know, why it's. Yeah. But that's I texted you last week and you didn't respond to me because you were in your haze already. When I saw that Mayoko was saying that. That's coming from Shanahan. Yeah. Yeah. You that's did. Not you did Mayoko. text me. That's right. 
Well, he follows the, the 49ers, the not the Jets or the Panthers. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't right. know. He doesn't know anything about. He doesn't know anything about Sam Darnold. What he knows about Darnold is getting from Shanahan. Yeah. And then Shanahan says it. Then it just underscores the facts, folks. That that Lance is the odd man out there right now. Yes, no and doubt about that. They're trying to get people aware of the fact that it goes Purdy, Darnold, Lance. Right. That's that's right. That's that's exactly. I was trying to convey the same thing. I know that too. And yes, with Lance, I mean, listen. There's there's a reason there was rumors about the trades and everything like that. Where there's smoke, there's fire. Right. And, I, you know, and I think a lot of ways it's it's looks like like hey, maybe that ship has sailed, but we'll see where he goes from here. But Sam Darnold, again, you know, like Brock Purdy or like, you know, Mac Jones, it's that type of skill set. You know, even a Kirk Cousins, it, it's not it's that kind of realm. Wait, smart guy can process it quick. Right. He can get it out of his hand really quick. And he's a good athlete to bounce around the, the pocket and make throws that way. I think that's what Shanahan looks for at the quarterback position, and Sam Darnold has a lot of that and just has been, you know, two of the tougher situations in football to start his career, and that hasn't been easy for his development. The 49ers schedule, we had it up there. Yeah, let's look at it. Deep dive into it. I mean, there's some – look, there's games that that should be clear, easy victories – Early on, they could go four and zero, right? Time, they got some tough ones too. Yeah, right. But they got they got some. They could go four and zero. They could be two and two. I don't know what the Giants are going to bring out there for Thursday night football in a short week. Yeah, but and they could go to Pittsburgh and lose to the Steelers week one. But they could be four and zero going into that week five game against the Cowboys on Sunday night football. Right, which is a is a obvious obviously it's always a great matchup. They met in the playoffs each of the last two years. But yeah, they could be four and zero going into that game and. Between them and the Eagles, they continue to be the best two teams in the conference until somebody else rises up and proves otherwise. It's 49ers and it's Eagles. Yeah, I, almost a similar feeling, like where it's like the Eagles, you just go, wait, it's, it's, a, it's a favorable schedule before they're by. And there's a little bit of a gauntlet, maybe not quite to the Eagles' extent on the back half, but it's, it's tough nonetheless. But, you know, I think just for the you know, the purpose of playing this game and what we talk about here, you look at the first eight weeks – Steelers, Rams, Giants, Cardinals, those first four games, to your point on what you're saying, I mean, on paper, there's no doubt that the 49ers are better than all four of those teams. There's no doubt. You know, as you said, it's the Eagles and the 49ers have the best rosters in the game. You know, Cowboys toss up. Browns, we know, are good and got some talent there, but certainly the 49ers are still the better team on paper. And, you know, and then you get into the Vikings. I give them the edge there, and the Bengals is a toss-up. So they're a team that, yeah, they could be sitting there 7-1, and 6-2, and two, you know, depending on that quarterback situation and Sam Darnold, how he plays, Brock Purdy's health. Um, but it, set, it sets up nice for them to, to get a little cushion, you know, for their early season. We'll see them Thanksgiving night at Seattle. Those two teams played once upon a time in San Francisco on a Thanksgiving night. Seahawks won that game this year. NBC and Peacock will have 49ers at Seahawks on Thanksgiving. And then Christmas night. Yeah. It's the 49ers and the Ravens. Right. Both holidays for the San Francisco 49ers. And uh, look, they, they have they have become the cream of the crop. They just can't manage to punch through to the Super Bowl and win it. Maybe this is the year they pulled it off. Let's go ahead and take a break. We'll delve deeply into the Sunday night football schedule. As always, it's a great one because that is the spot where the fans congregate at the end of the day on Sunday to see a great game. And there are plenty of great ones this year. We'll look at the full Sunday night football schedule when PFT Live continues right after this. 
Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Roger that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch Stratocoaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.